I would like you to open up your Bibles to Matthew 5, and I'm going to read some verses from Matthew 5. Matthew 5, and I'm going to read verses 14 to 16. Let us stand as I read from Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to be here this evening. Thank you for Walridge Baptist Church and for the beacon it has been uh, all these years. Thank you for Pastor Weber, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to be here this evening. Please help me, Father, as I preach your word. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't even have to tell you how dark this world is. Don't you, don't you, haven't you noticed that the world has get, has been getting darker? Um, worse than ever. Not just here in America, but in Brazil as well. Sometimes people ask me, you know, you have such and such a thing happening in Brazil. I said, yes, we do. It's, it's not just here in America. It's, it's all over. Uh, just the, the wickedness, the debauchery and, and just, Everybody's forcing you to accept things that the Bible preaches against. And it's not just here, unfortunately. It's, it's around the world. And it's getting worse than ever, as I said. And what's sad, though, is many times we Christians have become the custom. We have become desensitized to the darkness. Um, many times we've been exposed so much to the darkness. Have you ever been sitting for a long time in a dark room and all of a sudden your eyes start getting accustomed to that dark place? I remember um, years ago... There were these 33 Chilean miners. Remember that story, these Chilean miners that were down in this cave and then there was an explosion and they got stuck in this cave for, I think, two months. And while they were there, um, their eyes got so accustomed to that darkness that when they came out in the light, they couldn't even see anymore. Uh, they had to wear these special glasses. Of course, some company took advantage of the marketing. Oh, yeah, they're using our sunglasses. But they actually had to wear these special sunglasses to come out of that dark hole. But many times we Christians are that way. Something that offended us in the past ends up being simply, you know, that's how it is nowadays. You know, we have to we have to accept it. You know, that's that's how our, that's how the world is now. Movies, um, things that we accept hearing from our colleagues at work, uh, things, you know, uh, maybe a joke that before we would never accept listening to. But we end up getting used to hearing that kind of thing. And as I said, we end up getting accustomed to it. And instead of being a light, we end up sitting in darkness and we end up avoiding going to the light. But let's not be that way. As Christians, let us not be a Christian sitting in darkness. Rather, let us be light. Look what the Bible says. It says, let your light so shine before men. So in practical ways, how can we Christians shine as a light in this world? So the next minutes, I would like to mention, I would like to apply to our lives this verse. How can we be a light in this world? So the first thing that I would like to mention is that we need to be a light by being an example, by being a Christian that people will look at and say, you know, that person is different that, you know, I want the Jesus that that person has, you know, that person, he's just, I I see him and there's just something different about him. Be a role model that people can follow. First Timothy 412 says, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He gives a lot of examples of how we can be an example of the believers. Are, we, are you an example of the believers? 
Titus 2.7 says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, uncorruptness grave, gravity, sincerity. We need to be sincere Christians. So we need to shine as lights in this world by what we do, by the things we say, by our actions. Now, somebody can say, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't see my heart, or I can't see your heart, and you don't see my heart. You can't judge me. That is true. We don't see each other's hearts, but we see how another person lives. We see your actions. So your actions many times will speak louder than your words. Matthew 5.15 says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light, listen to this, unto all that are in the house. You know, I was reflecting on this phrase here, giveth light unto all that are in the house. You know, God's light needs to be first seen by those in the house. How are we shining our lights in our own households, to our wives, to our children? To the people around us, unfortunately, many times that's the place where we least shine. You know, it's it might be easier to shine when we're in a missions conference, when we're in a meeting, when we're at a youth camp or at a family camp. But what about when we're in our own households? We need to be shining there. As I said, to our kids, to our spouses, to other family members. What about to our church? Are we being a light in our church? Are we shining our light to other Christians? No man liveth unto himself, no man dieth unto himself. You have no idea how much you're influencing other people's lives. I'm sure Pastor Weber would have a lot of stories of people that influenced him in the past. And that's why he's here serving the Lord today. You know, by God's grace, me too. But without a doubt, you know, people through his life that influenced him and touched him. And people that influenced my life. I could talk about my parents. I'm sure, I'm sure the Webbers influence my parents' lives too. We, we, we don't know. Only in heaven we'll get the whole scope of the influence that we had in this world. No, Stephen Fanolio was an influence in my life. And I hope I was an influence in your life when we were teens. Um, and you know, we touch each other's lives. So, so we have to be very careful. How are we acting? Kids, I felt called to missions when I was nine years old. A lot of times we dismiss, I'm not saying you do that, but we dismiss kids. You know, they're just little kids. But many times you could have a great impact on a child. And in really encourage them to serve the Lord. So we need to shine in our own church. One time years ago, I'm, I'm telling a story that you will, you'll have no connection to. You won't remember at all, or I won't be telling you this story. But years ago, we were, we went to a church, uh, on furlough and we sat in a pew and I was with my family and there was this man that came in. I think we sat in his, I'm, I don't think I know we sat in his pew and he's, he looks and he looks really angry. And then he sits at the edge of the pew and he just starts pushing us off, pushing us, push. And my dad was sort of shocked. My brother falls off on the other side. And we're like, what is this? Well, my brother sort of got irritated. My dad said, you know, don't have a bad attitude. You know, you know, he's not right, but you shouldn't have a bad attitude. But I remember that we were it was like, what is going on? So we moved. We just got up and went to another pew. Well, he was very flustered when he found out that we were missionaries of, of the church coming in. And we were sort of shocked to find out that he was one of the deacons in the church. <laughs> but, you know, you would think that, you know, that never happens. Unfortunately, that happens in churches. We can, we can be a discouragement to people. We, we, instead of being a light in the church, we can actually be used to bring someone down. And let's not do that. Let's, let's be a light that shines in our church. But we shouldn't only shine to Christians, but we should also shine before the world. This verse is is telling us that we're not supposed to make some kind of an alternate community like a Jim Jones or some 
Um, you know, sometimes it would be fun to do that one. It's just we all go out to a Christian camp and just live there. But that's not how God intended it to be. We're supposed to shine our light before men. Let your light so shine before men. Here it's telling you to permit it, to allow it. It's imperative here. Saying, let it, allow it to shine before men. Not just in the church, but before men, before the world. We should not be undercover Christians. You know, you notice how a lot of people want to be undercover Christians. Shh. Don't tell anybody. But many times that's how we act. We act like undercover Christians. What is the purpose of having a light if you are going to cover it up? Why do we cover up the light? Maybe, maybe we don't want to offend. We're always so concerned of offending people. You know what's funny? How, how Satan does things. We're all so concerned about offending when the world doesn't, couldn't care less about offending us. They say the most vile things. Everybody's coming out of the closet. Only the Christians have to go into the closet and shut the door. You know? And you can say whatever you want inside your four walls, but don't you dare say it outside your, your, your four walls. So that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to, he wants to silence the Christians. He wants us to be afraid and not wanting to offend and always uh, as we say in, in Portuguese, stepping on eggs. Can you say is that an expression in English? Stepping on eggs and pisumbling, stepping on eggshells. Okay. So, so that, that idea, you know, constantly afraid of, you know, offending people. And that can be a basket in our lives. Or maybe fear. Maybe we're, we're afraid, you know, what people will think of us. Not wanting to, to rock the boat. Maybe fear could be a basket that covers the light, uh, uh in our lives. It needs to be clear to everyone that we are Christians and we need to act like one. Like I said, people have to look at us and say, you know, that person is a Christian. And I want to have uh, the Jesus that that person has. I want to have the salvation that that person has. What a sorry light we are sometimes. One song that I like is, we are Christians, we are not ashamed. And that's what we have to be, Christians that are not ashamed. Here's, um, some time ago, my boys don't really like the dark. And I bought this little light at the dollar store. But it was such a bad light, I plugged it in. I couldn't even find where I had plugged it in. So <laughs> so weak, the light. But, you know, many times we are that kind of Christian. We are so, it's like, is that a light? I think it is. You know, but many times that's how we act as Christians. Then it says here that they may see your good works. So why do they see your good works? They can't see your heart, but they see your life. They see your works. They see how you're acting. You know, most of the time, as I said, actions will speak louder than words. When you invite someone to church, when you give them a track, when you witness to them, have you been giving them examples in your life? Of how a Christian should be. I heard a story of a man that mustered up the courage, uh, to give his, his friend a track at work and invite him to church. And I was great that he did that. But when he finally did, the, the, his friend was actually happy that he got an invitation. He said, you know, I, I didn't know that you were a Christian. And he had been working there for three years. You know, and many times I hope that doesn't happen to us, that somebody around you, some family member, some colleague might say, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Wouldn't that be sad? And even as a missionary, you say, oh, a missionary. I, I didn't know you were a missionary. Wouldn't that be, that would be sad, not, person not knowing I'm a missionary. <laughs> Why am I even being a missionary? <laughs> you know? So to be as lights in this world, we need to be examples of what a Christian should be to believers and to unbelievers. Also, to let, to let our lights shine, we need to stay away from sin. In Philippians, it says, um, I think it's Philippians 2. I, I didn't mark the reference here. Philippians, let's go to Philippians, uh, it's either 2 or 3, but it's verse 15. So Philippians, almost there. I'm not really good at Bible drills. <laughs> Here we go. Um, 
verse um, Philippians 2, 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Aren't we in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation? But look how we have to act in the midst of this crooked and perverse nation. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So you say, you know, this world's so dark. It's so wicked. What are we supposed to do? Shine it like, like bright lights. That's what we're supposed to do. In Portuguese, it's interesting. The translation, we have a good translation in Portuguese from the Texas Receptus, but we would be our equivalent to the King James in English. And I only preach and I only read from the King James in, in English. But in Portuguese, we have a good translation and it's translated astros. I was studying this word astros and it's, it comes from the word the same, it's, a, it's the same Greek word here uh, for the word uh, luminaries that was used in the Old Testament, but the Greek word. So the idea here is the same idea it's saying in English, to shine as lights, to shine as astros, as bright lights, as bright stars in a dark sky. Are we shining? So we have to be Christians. You look at a dark sky and you see those lights shining and you can point them out. There's that light. There's the big dipper. See the little dipper? Did you know that in Brazil, if you'd ever come and visit us, the constellation there is completely different? We have completely different stars. That's something. When, every time I come back to America, I'm always like, oh, where's the Big Dipper? I'm always looking around. That's one of the first things I do when I come back. Uh, and, but that's how we have to be Christians that are shining like bright stars in a dark sky. Astros. We need to be bright stars. Are we shining like bright stars in this dark world? And it's interesting here, it says that we need to be blameless and harmless. Obviously, blameless does not mean perfect. Nobody is perfect except Christ. But we, but we, it's saying that we need to have clean lives. We need to be, even the word that was used for pastors, to be blameless. Where no one has anything to say about you. Somebody would say something, they could say something about you. They could lie about you. But somebody would say, well, I know that person. That's not true. Because I know his character. Because you have demonstrated a good testimony before others. Harmless doesn't mean that you can't do harm. But it means that you're innocent. You're sincere. We should be truthful, sincere Christians that don't allow sin in our lives. It's interesting that we see what light can do. Do you ever have a shirt you think was pretty good until you put it in the light? And the light many times reveals truth. It exposes darkness. You know, and you, it exposes the the, the 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 dirt and, and the uh, the stains that we have on our clothes. Ephesians five eleven and thirteen says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That, that's what you get when you have darkness, just unfruitful works. But rather reprove them. But all things are that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. So are we reproving the works of darkness, or are, are we having fellowship with them? Either we're having fellowship or we're reproving. Light and darkness does not mix. When you turn on light, darkness goes away. When you have darkness, that's the absence of light. Light, But it doesn't mix. Let me tell you, unconfessed sin can be a basket in our lives. Romans 13, 11 to 14. I'm not going to read everything because of the time, but it says, And now knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Many Christians are sleeping. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Did you know that Christ's return is closer now than it was yesterday? It's closer now than when my parents went to Brazil. He could come tonight. And many Christians are asleep and saying that they're waiting for, for, for Christ's coming, Christ's return, and they're, they're asleep. 
Verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us, what are we supposed to do then? Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Are we doing that? Are we casting off the works of darkness in our lives and putting on the armor of light? Colossians 10, 12 and 13, it says, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Isn't that wonderful, my friends, that we're delivered from the power of darkness? Darkness does not have control over us anymore and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Isn't that fantastic? Doesn't have control, doesn't have power over us anymore. So why are we still walking like children of darkness? Isn't that sad? We're children of the light, but we're walking like children of darkness. You know why we could walk like children of darkness? Because we are told to walk like children of light. So we could be walking like children of darkness. Ephesians 5.8 says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. So if you're a light in the Lord, what are you supposed to do now? Walk as children of light. This is, again, an imperative. It's telling you to do this. Walk as children of light. This is a commandment that is given to us. Let me tell you something. God uses clean vessels for his service. If you want to be used of the Lord, if you want to be a missionary, if you want to be used in any capacity, you need to have a clean vessel. You need to stay away from sin in your life. 2 Timothy 2.21 If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, listen to this, and prepared unto every good work. So if you want to do a good work for the Lord, you need to purge yourself from any darkness, from any dirt that you would have in your life. You know what a wonderful promise that we have. I love this verse. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you have any any dirt in your life, get rid of it, purge it, and get your vessel clean so you can be used of the Lord again. Don't let, don't let um, sin be a basket in your life. So we can let our light shine by being an example, by staying away from sin. And the last point that I would like to mention, and I'm done. Last but not least, by giving out the gospel. Light, it's interesting, the word light actually comes from the word falls or photo. So the word photo comes actually from the word light. So you actually have an aperture that opens up. You have light coming in. So when you take a photo, it has an idea of light coming in. And that's where that word comes from. And I was reflecting about this. We need to be a photograph of Christ to this world. People need to look at us and say, you know, I see Jesus in you. You know, we need to be an image of Christ to the world. Do you remember Polaroids? I know that I'm, I'm, I'm not that old, but I remember Polaroids. My dad had a Polaroid. And it's funny how history repeats itself because now they have these new Polaroids for kids and they, they're super excited. They think it's some new technology. It's like that's been around for 30 plus years and but one of the things that you would do sometimes when it was coming in, you would shake this the picture for it to come in faster. I think that was probably fake news, as they like to say. But <laughs> we would we would do it. And it was it would come in one time or another. But every once in a while, it would come in fuzzy. The picture would never fully come in. You know what? Many times that's how we are as Christians. We are a fuzzy picture of Christ. We do not give a clear picture of Christ to this world. They they look at us and they're going to say, you know, I didn't know you were a Christian. Wouldn't that be sad? There are billions of people in this world sitting in darkness and they need a great light and they need to see a crystal clear picture of who Jesus is. And you know what? That's where we come in. You ever heard of the Great Commission? The Great Commission was given not just for missionaries, not just for pastors. It was given for all of us. 
We are all part of the Great Commission. You know, Brazil is so dark. Brazil is so needy. The area where we are in, uh, it's called the largest megalopolis. Um, it has, uh, it's, it's a cluster of several big cities. So about an hour from us, we have the city of Sao Paulo. Uh, Sao Paulo is a city and a state. So sometimes somebody might say they're from Sao Paulo, but it might be the state of Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is a city and it's also a state. So we're about an hour from the city of Sao Paulo, uh, which has 20 million people. Our city has 500,000, but we are only 20, 25 minutes from another city that has 1.3 million. And we ha- we're about half an hour to another city that has 700,000. So that whole area has about 31, I think, uh, yeah, 31 million people, that whole area. Just for you to have an idea of that, um, that is, would be like Chile, Bolivia, um, Uruguay combined. So it's just the amount of population that we have and not that big of, a, of an area as far as, you know, geographically concerned, as far as the distance. Not that big of an area, but it's an extremely populated area. Brazil has a population of 215 million people. I'm not putting down any other ministries. I'm just saying for you to have an idea of the size of Brazil, if you would get Germany, France, and the UK combined in population, that would be the population of Brazil. So it's just a very, very big country. We're about half of South America um, in, in population and even in size, but in population, we're about half of South America. When my parents went to Brazil, there were about 100 million people, which is a lot. But nowadays, there's a population of 215 million people. So the population of Brazil doubled. So needless to say, the need is so great. So if God is calling into missions, I would encourage you to go to Brazil. We would be so happy to have more people surrendering. The Bible specifically tells us to pray for more laborers. Whenever you remember praying for us, please pray for more laborers for Brazil. We need more laborers. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And then we're supposed to pray to Lord the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So let's uh, please pray for with as you remember us in prayer. Pray for more laborers to Brazil and maybe the Lord will call you to go. We would be thrilled. We will help you. I actually am a Portuguese teacher as well. In regular school, I didn't teach Portuguese. I would teach English, but I would teach Portuguese in the Bible Institute in Brazil. Uh, So we'll help you get started. We'll help you learn Portuguese. And we would be so happy if you would go to Brazil as a missionary. But if God didn't call you to Brazil, he called you to be a light somewhere. So he's calling you to be a light here. Um, He's calling you maybe to another state, but he's calling you to be a light somewhere. When our light, when we go back to Brazil, our light is going to go off here. We can't be lights here and in Brazil at the same time. But how are we going to do both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria? How are we going to fulfill the Great Commission? Then you have to shine your lights here. And as we shine our lights there, you have to shine your lights here and be faithful. We have an important task of preaching the gospel to every creature. Second Corinthians 4, 3 to 6 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Is it, I was Think about this first. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. What does it help? If you have the uh, a hid gospel, it's it's really bright in here. It's uh, it's really shining in here, super bright. We're just in our in our little churches. We're all we're all okay. We're saved. We're going to heaven. 
but we're just shining in here with these doors closed. That doesn't help very much, does it? If it's really bright and really shiny in here, but it's all dark out there. You know, that's why the Bible specifically tells us, let your light so shine before men. So this, a big part of our great commission is the what? The go. For us to go out in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it's through us, through me. What a, what a big task that we have this ministry of reconciliation. Wow. What a, what a task that we have that God has given us. And he chose to use, I don't know why he chose it to do it that way, but he chose to use us to give out the gospel to every creature. What a privilege and what a responsibility that we have. Acts 13.47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. So we need to give, to be a light in this world by giving the gospel to the lost. You might be the last lighthouse in someone's life before they head to an eternity in darkness. You ever stop and think about that? You might be that last lighthouse. There are certain people that would only hear the gospel from you. If I would even give them a tract, they wouldn't even be interested, but they would get it from, they would receive it from you. They would be willing to hear you. They would be willing, they would be interested in, in knowing, they would be come to church if you invited them. So please, let's be a lighthouse with the lights on. Not a lighthouse with the lights off. Just imagine a sailor trying to get to shore in a very, very dark night. All of a sudden he knew that somewhere here there's a lighthouse, there's a lighthouse. And that lighthouse, lighthouse happened to be off. Isn't that sad? But let's, many times we could be that way. Somebody that's searching for the truth, that just wants to know, like her dad that was walking in the street that day in depression and sad, wanting to know the truth. Just think if my dad just had walked by and never invited him to church, never given him the gospel. And and, and that's just one example, one story, but we could tell story after story after story of lives that were changed because of the light. So let's be a, let's be a lighthouse. You You know something that's wonderful too? We as missionaries, we're shining our lights on a foreign field, but we couldn't be there without you. So you have another task, too, is to keep those lighthouses on. You're there. You're like those men that are putting the gas, that are, that are helping it get, get it working and keeping that light on, shining on the foreign field. So not only do you shine your light here, but you also have a part in shining your, the light on a foreign field. What a, what a blessing, what a privilege that we have. We can all be a part of this great commission. First John 8.12, Jesus said, and I'm done. Just the last thought I would like to mention. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But you know what's interesting here in in Matthew? He says, now you are the light of the world. So he says that I am the light of the world, but then he says, ye are the light of the world. So we need to imitate Christ and let his light shine through us. Now, I heard an analogy I read. I thought it was very interesting. It said, Jesus is the sun and we are the moon. We should be reflecting Christ. Just like, remember Stephen when he was, being put to death, and Jesus was there standing, waiting for him. He was just shining. He was just beaming. He was reflecting Christ. And that's what we need to do. We need to be reflecting Christ. But you know what's sad? Many times we can allow a spiritual eclipse to happen in our life. When we let the world get between us and our Lord. And then we have darkness. And we don't want to have a spiritual eclipse in our lives, allowing the world to get between you and Christ. Because we let our light Many times we let the world get in our way. We stop shining for Christ. And we are not taking the, the, the gospel to others. Many times, as I said, you're only the only Jesus, the only Christianity that somebody will see. Let's be true examples of Christians. Let's not allow sin and this world to get uh, in, in our way of, of shining our light. Let us be witnesses to Christ. 
Let me read that verse one more time. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, when we do that, when we let our lights shine, you know what we do? We bring glory to our Father which is in heaven. And that should be our ultimate goal, to bring glory to our Savior. So when he sees your light shining, when you give that track to someone, when you are a witness, you are bringing, you are bringing glory to your Father which is in heaven. Isn't that encouraging to think? You know, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Won't that be wonderful when we hear that one day? I hope, I hope I'll hear that one day. You know, that we, we'll hear that from our Savior. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because he saw that we were shining our lights in this world. How are we living our lives? Do you even have this light? I would hope to think that everybody's safe here, but you might not be saved. You might not have this light yet. How can you be shining to others if you yourself don't even have this light? So please accept Christ as your Savior today. And the Bible gives us this blessed assurance. I love that psalm. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. But we have this assurance because of the word of God. And you can have eternal life and be absolutely sure that you're going to heaven. But you need to accept this light in your life. Are we being an example of a Christian in our homes? in our churches, before the world? Are we not letting sin and, 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 like I said, the world get in the way of of shining our lights before this world? And are we being a light by giving the gospel to every creature? Like that song says, here am I, Lord, send me. I want to be willing to do whatever you have me to do. Let's be faithful to whatever God has for you to do. If it's to stay here and serve the Lord here, amen. This is what God has you to do. And if you would ask pastor, he would have a list of things that you can do in your local church. There are just so many things that we can do, so many areas of service. You don't have to go to Brazil to serve the Lord. You can serve the Lord right now here. And there are so many things that God has for you to do. But if God has called you and you felt like God is directing you to a foreign field, surrender to whatever God has for you to do. Simply say, here, my Lord, send me. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. And let's be lights that shine in this dark world.